0: Come on, let's praise him. Come on, let's bless him in this place. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. We bless God. We give him glory. We give him honor. And we give him praise. We invite his presence in this room to do whatever he desires to do because he is God. He is God and we bless him. And we give him honor and glory. On today, you can have your seats, Amen. We bless God. You know, every now and then I, I'm 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 over here in the building, and I'm doing stuff around downstairs and outside and stuff like that. And then I come inside and here in the in the in the audio in the sanctuary in this auditorium part, and I'm walking and I'm just thanking God for what He's done. And I remind Him, I say, Lord, this is Your place. One thing I like about this place is that this was a place that was established for you. This is not a building that was uh, uh, converted to be a church. When they established this, when they made this, when they designed this, when the architecture did what they did, when they put whatever was their intention, their mindset was, this would be a house of God. This would be a house of God. And that's not to say that any other place that's been converted is not, but the intent of this place when it came up was to be a place for the presence of God. So when I come here and I'm walking in the room, I remind Lord, this is your place. And we invite you in to move the way that you want. Not that you need our invitation because this was made for you. But just to let you know our desire when we come together is that we will experience you. Your presence, your power, your peace, your healing, your virtue that flows to establish in us everything that we need. This is your place. So have your way in your house. 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 house. If anybody came into your house, start acting crazy, what you do? You kick them right out of your house because it's your house. So, Lord, have your way in your house. We come looking for you. We come expecting you because this was created for you to dwell there. And when I go to the grocery store, I'm looking for produce. I'm looking for uh, meats. I'm looking for canned goods because that was created for. I I think something is wrong when I go to the grocery store and they ain't got no groceries. Amen. I remember one time us driving to a Kentucky fried chicken to order some chicken and we pulled up and they said we don't have no more chicken. And I'm like, what you open for? Turn your lights off. Turn your sign off. Because your sign says I can come here and get some chicken. Don't be telling me you ain't got no chicken. This is the house of God. This is the place of God. When we come, we come expecting to have an encounter with God in this place that was established for him. And we're grateful that the spirit of the Lord is in this place. Come on, give your hand. Put your hands together and give God a praise. We thank God for the ministry of Sister Belita and mine. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We serve a great God. Yes, we do. And we're grateful to him for all that he is doing to remind us over and over again that I'm still God. I'm still God. I'm still God. And for that, we are indeed grateful and thankful. We give God praise. For those who have joined us via Facebook, thank you for tuning in. And and, and we just pray that as we're being blessed here, you're being blessed there. The same God who's moving in this place will move in your place. Amen. As we open up and allow him and invite him in, he will do that work. So we give honor to God and we give him praise. We thank God for being back. Amen. We got a chance to get away last week. Uh, Me and Pastor Karen, and we went to Texas to see our kids and grandkids. Amen. 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 To spend some time with them. Amen. I, I knew when we made two transitions, the transition from here to there. We were there 21 years. And then the transition back from there to here, and we've been back here now, ten years. But I knew when we, when I moved there, especially with my wife, that she was leaving everything <laughs> that she knew here. So my intent was, as any time that she wanted to come back here to visit, I'm gonna make sure it happens, because I knew it was gonna be an adjustment. So we got there, and, and we, they all went through the adjustment, her and the kids. Amen. The kids' uh, requests when we got there said, Daddy, when we, when we graduate high school, can we move back to Chicago? Each one of them made their request, And I said, yes, you can. You got family there. Your grandparents are there. Your cousins are there. Nobody moved back. <laughs> <laughs> nobody, nobody moved back. Nobody moved back. So when we transitioned back here, my wife and I, I made sure that every time she had an inkling to see the kids and the grandkids, I'm going to let her get there so they can have that encounter because it's going to take a minute, and I know it. (laughs) It's going to take a minute, and I know it. But we're we're, we're grateful to God that we had a chance to get away and enjoy uh, our kids and and our grandkids. But we're back here today, and, and although we didn't bring them with us, Amen. Amen. My oldest daughter, Danae, followed us. She came. We got back Monday night. She got here Tuesday. Her husband, Joe, got here Thursday. Amen. Amen. But we're glad to have them with us on today. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I ain't gonna bother they stuff. They'll deal with they stuff. As that's coming, but we're looking forward to a time, Amen. I will leave it right at there. Okay, we're gonna move off of that. But God, so glad to see each of you who are here, Amen. God is a great God; uh, uh, He's an awesome God, and we are grateful to be in His presence for all that the Lord is doing. So I'm not gonna go. I, I, I'm. I'm. Let me just say. Let me just say. You know, and and I, and I treat it casually because I sometimes treat me casually. And sometimes that leans over to my wife. So I start treating her like I treat me casually, but realize I don't take her as a casualty. I have nothing real casual. She's a special gift, and I know it. And I know it, and I know it, and I know it, and I know it. And And I'm grateful to God for Pastor Cameron. Amen, amen, amen. I, I sit back, and we've been married. It'll be 48 years this year. 48 years this year. 48 years this year. And, and, and since, even before we got married, uh, she was dealing in music and singing and stuff like that. And I would watch in amazement as God used her in that. And still today, it's the same thing. Still today. Still today. I watch her go forward, and I say, God, you are an awesome God. That's a great gift. Amen. We're grateful. And I'm thankful that it's mine. <laughs> i'm thankful that it's mine i'm grateful i'm grateful i'm grateful that it's mine all right all right all right all right okay get the that stuff out the way so we go to get to the word of god but i am thankful for all of you who are here today and again for those who have joined via facebook okay all right i was just look and see if he put anything up there all right all those who have your bibles if you would i got three areas. I'm uh, we're gonna go to Galatians chapter four. We're gonna look at verse one and two, and then we're gonna go to second. I mean, first Corinthians thirteen. You ain't gotta get there. You ain't gotta get them all. I'll, I'll give you a second to get there as we go to read them, and then we're gonna go to Luke chapter sixteen. Galatians chapter four, verses one and two says, now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth not from a servant, though he be Lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. Okay? First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. 1 Corinthians 13, 11 says, When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. The book of Luke, chapter 16, verse 11 says, If therefore ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? As far as we're reading, as far as the Scripture text for today, and our thought for this morning, this afternoon, wherever you may be, because it may be different times, different places, I'm about to grow up. I'm about to grow up. I know y'all are familiar with the phrase, I'm about to blow up. But I'm about to grow up. I'm about to grow up, grow up. The good thing about God is that God uh, not only looks at us with pleasure, but that he looks at us with plans. He has a thought in mind concerning us. He has a vision for us. He has a future for us. He has a determined purpose for us, even as he brings us into the world. He knows what he wants to do. He knows what he wants to accomplish. But the only caveat to that is that I've got to line up with it for it to happen for me. I've got to get in line with the purpose of God. I've got to commit myself to the ways of God so that the things that God has planned for my life might happen. They say one of the richest or the, one of the most uh, uh, potent places in the whole world is the graveyard. It says because in the graveyard there are dreams that could have happened that didn't. There are adventures that could have been made that did not come forward because those who have died, they died with that thing still down in them, never being made manifest. So, all of that that could have been has not been or did not become because they didn't allow that to happen in them. And the same bites with us. God's got plans and God's got dreams for us that would blow our mind if he laid it all out. But the only hiccup is that he got to do it with us, and we become the, the 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 rub, as it were. We become that hindrance, as it were, when I'm not in line with what he wants or what he wants to do in my life. So I have to be about getting uh, with God, so that I can find out what His will is for me, so that those things that He wants to do in me can be accomplished. Not that God uh, can't do it, but but uh, but He won't do it if I don't give Him permission. To do it in me. The great thing about God, he's got all this power, but he submits or he subjects his power to my choice. To my choice. Look at how God looks at how he does what he does. He started with Adam. He made Adam. He created Adam. He, but before he created Adam, he created the whole world and everything that was in it. And then he came and brought Adam. And then he looked at Adam and brought Adam to those things that he made. And he looked at Adam and said, I'm not going to tell you what to call it. What do you call it? And whatever you call it, then that's what it's going to be. He could have dictated to Adam. He could have, he could have came to Adam and said, Adam, that's an elephant. He could have said, Adam, that's a horse. Adam, that's a monkey. Adam, that's a snake. But he didn't go it that way. Whatever Adam called it, it's what he called it. So the same thing with us is that whatever our choice is when it comes to God and what he's trying to do in my life, he will go in line with my choice. He's got the power to do it. He created it all. But he looks and sees what do you choose to do with it? And I'm not going to go past your boundaries. You make the choice. I'll abide within your boundaries in these areas. So so as we are, uh, are created by God and God has plans for our lives, it's not a guarantee that it'll happen because it's based on the decision that I make, the choice that I make, what I allow him to do in my life. And as I give him the green light and let him go, he will go and he will do great things in me and in you. So what God begins to do with us, because we're not always in line with his, his, with his will uh, uh, or his desire toward us, is that he begins to try to, to, to not, not coerce us, but lead us in a way that'll bring us into a knowledge of him and his plan for us so that we can make the choice to let him have his way in our lives. All of us, a lot of us have the testimonies and we we say that God chased us down and this, that, or that, because what what we're saying is that we were running into incidences where we ran into God, where we could have made a choice for God, but we went another way. But we see all of these places in our lives where God was trying to get our attention, trying to get us to say yes, but he wouldn't go past our choice. If you chose to walk away, he lets you walk away. He just arranged another meeting somewhere up the road to give you another chance to say yes. So when I came into a knowledge of who he was and what he desired for me and began to say yes, I became as it were, uh, uh, and we all say I'm just a child of God. No, no, at that point I became a child of God. A child of God connected with God, attached to God. Now God wants to do some things in my life to grow me in him so that I can go from a child of God to a son of God. There is a difference. There is a difference. There is a difference. We go around saying, I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. Yeah, you're saying something, but you ain't saying everything that he wants to be said He don't just want you to be a child of His. He wants you to be a son of His, a daughter of His. And that son and that daughter is a different degree and a different level from a child of God. So I've got to realize that although I have relationship with God, I have not really fully moved into a son of God. I came in as a child. There was a teaching and a training That helps me to get from a child to a son. Difference, a difference, a difference. So we read in Galatians, it says, says, Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth not from the servant, though he be Lord of all. My God. So when I'm a child of God, uh, 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 I'm, I'm connected to God in the sense that I belong to Him, and what the Father has is mine in the future. Although I'm a child of God, I'm not ready yet to be a son of God because there's some things I need. And as a child, I'm no different than a servant, a hired servant in the house of God. Although I'm Lord of all, because I'm connected to my daddy, and this is what he has. is coming to me. But at this point, I'm still a child. I'm a child. I'm a child. I'm a child. I'm a child. Just like most of our children, we got children who are children, but they want adult things. They they want adult stuff. They want you to treat them like they're an adult. (laughs) And we look at them and say, you still a child. There's some things I can't give to you, although they'll be yours in the future. There's some things I can't share with you, although they'll be yours in the future. There's some stuff I can't release to you, although it'll be yours in the future because you are still a child. So we're happy and I'm glad to be a child of God, but I got to realize that there is more that God wants for me than just being a child of his. He wants to grow me and develop me in him so that he can pass on to me what's his because I'm now responsible enough. To handle those things. You know when your kids, little children, you know, you don't let them play with scissors. Why? They're going to hurt themselves and they're crying for the scissors and they reach it. Ah, ah, and You say, no, no, no. But when they get older and they've learned what scissors are about and how you handle scissors, then you don't mind them having the scissors. Because in that area, they're no longer the child like that with, without the understanding of how to rightly use it. But they have gotten some understanding and they know what to do with scissors now. So you release some things to them because they have developed and they have grown. But all, as long as they're in that child state, you can't give to them those things because it will injure them. Although in a couple of months or maybe in a couple of years, it will benefit them. But right now, this will injure them because they don't know how to handle this right now. Still a child, still a child, still a child, still a child. So it says, it goes on, it says, uh, so that child does not differ. Uh, he's about the same as a servant, although he be Lord. Over all things, It doesn't say he's a servant, but he's, he's in, in, the, in, the, in the mindset of, or in the framework of being able to handle all of this or being in control of this or being able to, to maneuver the things that belong to the Father. You are like a servant with no real authority to do anything because you're still a child. The prodigal son, when he left home with, with, with all of his goods, you know, it's, it's like the child say, I'm leaving. Listen, how many of y'all was going to run away? Mom, you got, she got, you did something, you got a whoop. I'm leaving. I'm running away. Dad, the door. <laughs> and we look at the door. And at the minute, we thought, what, what's going to happen out there? <laughs> But we'd get upset and we'd run away, but the prodigal son got, got together and, and, and didn't like how things were being run in the house. He said, give me what's mine and let me go. Give me what's mine and let me go. And what he received from his father was treasured possessions. He had money, he had things, he had a, a, a prestige and all of that because he got it from his daddy. But he said he went into a far country, and he wasted it on riotous living. And when he looked up, he was without anything at all, and he had to go and hire himself to someone who was looking for somebody to work, and he found out that the only job he could get was feeding the pigs. And he got to the place, you know the story where he was about to eat what the pigs ate when he finally came to himself. Said, how many hired servants? They don't even, I mean, they didn't come from my daddy's blood. They, 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 they don't have access to all of this stuff as if they can own it. But he's got hired servants in his house who's faring a whole lot better than I am. Let me go back home, not like I'm a son, just went down the street for an excursion or something like that. But let me go back to my father and say, listen, I done messed up really bad. And I'm not worthy to be called your child or your son. Make me as a hired servant, at least so I can get a good meal. At least so I can get a good meal and I'll be committed to the work that you have for me to do. So when, the, when, 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 the, when he came back home, you know the story, his father ran out to meet him and stuff like that. It's, it's not just that he came home, uh, but the way he came home. He left home a child. He left home a child with all his stuff. He left home a child with all his goodies. He left home a child with all, but when he lost all that, he realized that he was a child. But in the midst of what he dealt with, there was some growing up that was taking place in his life. There were some realizations that were coming to him. All that stuff that I had that I really didn't treasure like I uh, tre- should have treasured it. All that stuff that was mine that I really didn't give it the, 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 the worth that it was. And I squandered it away. Look at me now. I done messed up really bad. You know what? If I ever get to the place where I got again, I'm going to know how to do better the next time. But right now, just let me be your servant. I done learned some things. I I I I, I didn't come to myself. I didn't realize some stuff. And and how I was before, uh, uh, that wasn't a a good part of me. That wasn't a good way to be. But just let me, if you can let me in the door, I'll serve you. And this thing about us maturing and, and getting to a place where we're becoming a son is that we change the frame of mindset that we have when you start developing from a child to a son. There's some maturing that takes place. You, you begin to realize that you got to be responsible for some things, not just to have it, but to handle it properly. And when you can do that, there's a development that takes place. So when he comes back, he says, I don't want to be a, I, I, I don't even earn, I don't even measure up to go into the house. Let me be a servant in your house. And the father begins to say to him, bring me, bring the, the, uh, my robe and my shoes and put my ring on his finger. And that's not, you know, that, 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 you know that, that's something I look at the prodigal son sometimes, look at the story. The prodigal son could come back like, like a lot of our kids came back, or a lot of a lot of us kind of went back. Like, yeah, well, I blew it. You know what? My bad. My bad. That's all. That's all. That's my, my bad. My bad. We we throw it around like it don't mean nothing. So we coming back. What well, my is my room still there? Is my bed in there? I want to come back and get in my bed. No, 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 no. You gotta earn your way back. You gotta realize that you lost this of your own volition, of your own choice, of your own will. So you don't just step back into. No, no, there has to be some growing. There has to be some developing. There has to be a way path made or walked so that says that you are now realizing the worth of things and how things really matter, and you're submitting yourself to those things so that you can have those things last you a long time. But when you're just a child, if he was still in the child's frame of mind, he'd have come back in the house and say, well, I'm back. Well, yeah, I blew it. It's okay. My bad. My bad. Well, you still got some more stuff, right, Daddy. You you still increase some some of the still mine right, Daddy, and some of our kids, you know, they come to us and you know they lost what they had and, and things of that nature. And say, well, well, you know, yeah, yeah, I blew my money, but you still you got twenty. I'm I'm in a tight right now. Can, can you can you loan me? Well, what did you do? What did you just? Say? Well, you know how it goes. You know, hey, 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 yeah. And you start looking and said, no, no, you can't get another twenty until you learn how to properly handle what's placed, until you grow up is really what we're saying. You need to grow up. You need to grow up. Put away this child. Stop acting like a child and become who you were created to be and do what you were created to do. Grow up. It's time. It's time for the awakening to happen in your mind where you start growing So it says that that, about that uh, child, although he has a servant, he says, but he's under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. What that really says to us is that God has got you as as this child, but he's got situations and things happening in your life that are to train you and to teach you and develop you. And he is watching over how you handle the stuff that goes on in your life. He's watching how you respond to trouble. He's watching how you respond to this. He's watching your mindset about these things so that he can make a determination whether or not you are now able to handle what he has and what he has to give. So through the the tutoring of of troubles and through the tutoring of the governors and things of that nature, he's trying to grow you up so at that point in time, he can say, you are no longer my child, but you are now my son. Here, let me give you some. Let me give you responsibility. Let me put some things in your hands because now you can handle it. you got to be able to grow through this, grow through this, and not just be a child. 1 Corinthians 13 and 11 says, when I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. So, but when I became a man, I put that junk away. That's kid stuff. That's childish behavior. I don't need to be acting like that. I need to be growing or grown. In such a way that not only do I know I'm grown, because we all no no I'm grown. You can't tell no no no. It ain't what you say about being grown. It's how you act. What responsibility you take. How you own up to your stuff. Begins to dictate. You ain't got to tell nobody that you grown when you acting. The only time you got to keep telling them that you've grown is that they keep looking at you, and by your actions, they see a child. So you got to keep telling them, I'm grown, I'm grown, that's why our kids, I'm grown, I'm grown, talking to the parents, I'm grown. No, you, <laughs> not from what I see, you got some growing to do. So it's shown up in how we do. Paul said uh, uh, when, when, I, when I was a, I, I spake as a child. When kids get mad at you, I hate you. That's how they speak. You ain't my friend. <laughs> That's how they speak. When they get, when they get tired of, it, I quit. I quit. I, I'm taking my stuff and going on. That's a child. 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 And when that, that thing that uh, you really kind of you know it's a child, whatever comes up comes out. We don't learn how to filter because we still childish. We don't learn how to properly phrase things because we still childish. We don't learn how to not to say what we don't need to say, but it's in my throat, so it's got to, no, it ain't got to come out. But we do it because we still childish. I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I understood. <laughs> My Lord, that's what people, you explain to them 12 times and they still don't. It ain't making... <laughs> It makes sense, but it don't make sense in the way they want it to, and they're trying to get it to make sense another way and stuff like that. And you trying to get them. Their understanding has not been developed yet. And understanding, they're still a child. Uh, Galat- I mean, Ephesians 4 and the eighteen verse talking about the, the, the uh, 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 Gentiles really was saying to them, but it's talking about those who, who are still in a state and place of not coming to a clear understanding. said that you're un- having their understanding darkened. They haven't allowed the light to come into their area of understanding yet. They still want to do it like they want to do it and make it happen like they want to happen and don't understand that when you do it that way, this is what's going to come as a result. What they call insanity? Doing the same thing over and over, but yet expecting a different result. If you do the same thing, guess what's going to happen? The same thing. And until you understand that really, you will keep doing the same thing, looking for something different. So I can't, I got to grow up in my understanding, hearing and properly and rightly dividing and understanding the word of truth so I can properly apply it to my life and I can make the advance that God wants to happen in me. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child. I thought as a child. I thought as a child that child is thinking that 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 that, that whenever something goes wrong in your life it's always somebody else's fault. It's always somebody else's fault. Well, if they hadn't have done such and, such and if they hadn't done such and if they hadn't done such and such I was reading a book about this young man who was, who was spending time in jail for a crime that was committed and he was sitting with one of his friends out just uh, on the porch and something and, and, and they were young and something and they, the young man said, Look, well let's go, let's go get some beer you know, stuff like that and, 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 and they both realized that neither one of them had no money neither one of them had no money but they was going to get some beer anyway so they went went in the store, grabbed a case of beer ran out the store jumped in the car, took off. The car got by maybe a block and a half away and stopped because he had ran out of gas. He didn't realize, and the police caught him and he in jail, and he's blaming the guy for him being in jail. That's how we do it, it's always somebody else's fault, right? You knew when you got in a truck with him that neither one of y'all had no money. You knew when y'all got to the store and got what you got that nobody had nothing to pay for it with. But it's his fault because you're in jail now. Childish thinking. Child is thinking, always blaming somebody else, always putting it off on somebody else. I remember the day that I got saved. I remember it really, real vividly. And we were, we were at, a, at church for a YPWW service and stuff like that. And, 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 and the lesson went forward that night. It was like, what's your hang-up? You know, why you haven't received Christ? And that was the general topic. And, 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 I, and then my, my pastor was there. I wasn't saved, and I really wasn't planning on getting saved right then and there. I was just in church that night with my grandmother. And uh, he was going down the line and, you know, asking each person, you know, what's your hanger? What's holding you up? And I looked down the line and saw him was coming toward me. So I said, oh, well, he's going to get to in my head. He's going to get to me in a minute. So let me, if my mama didn't do this, if they didn't act this way with me, if they didn't, and I'm I'm blaming everybody. The reason I'm like this, cause she did that, and because they did that, and because they did that. And about two people away from me, the Lord started bringing situations to my mind, a circumstance that I was caught up in, or, or something that went on. And he said to me, Now whose fault was that? And I kind of thought about it, and I'm thinking my head, I said, well, that, well, that one was my fault. Okay, okay. Then he brought another one. <laughs> he said, Now whose fault was that? I said, Okay, so I messed up twice, okay. <laughs> so he's bringing about time, you know, the pastor was getting close to me. He had brought me about five things in my head and let me say, whose fault was that? And each one was my fault. And when the pastor got to me, he said, now, now what's your hang up? And I say, Ain't nobody but me. It's all, it's all my fault. It's, it's me. And it was me breaking down and kind of really understanding and seeing really for the first time that you're the one that controls this stuff. And if you allow it to happen and don't submit, you will still be in this same state. I thought as a child, some of us, we can't can't last in relationships because it's always somebody else's fault. Listen, you've been married five times and it's always they fault. The only common denominator in them five marriages is. No, 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 she needs to do that. No, no, he needs to do that. No, 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 they need to do that. And see if they to do it, then I to be. Listen, you the only common thing in all of that stuff. And I've got to realize and understand where the fault is so that I can now think properly. Because when I get the right mindset, then I can be converted. Then things can change for me. But I've got to be willing to, to put away, as, as Paul said, when I became a man, all y'all grown people, when I became grown, all y'all 21 and over, ah, when I became grown, I put away childish things, childish things, childish things. So I stopped losing jobs because it's always just a man, it's, it's that one, it's this supervisor, they didn't like me when I, they don't even know you. They don't, they don't even know you. They didn't like me. They didn't like me. Listen, when you become mature about a thing, uh, and even, even you know, th- th- this thing about uh, those who walk in responsibility and maturity. I remember working a job in Texas through a temp agency, and, you know, with a temp agency, they, you know, you go on assignment, they let you go. They don't need no... No, no, we, okay, we don't need you no more. Just, and you ain't got no recourse, but just don't show up. You, you don't come back there no more. And we, I went on one assignment... Uh, and I, we were doing the inventory in these different offices and I was doing what I was doing and one of the, 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 the uh, uh, about, about two or three, I had been there maybe two weeks, a little longer, the, the, the boss who was over, the crew that, uh, of us doing the work, he came and said, okay, you know, things are not happening the way we want to, them to happen and, you know, some of y'all is just not working out and da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. So we're just letting all of y'all go home, say, don't come back unless we call you. So I went home. They didn't call me. This day passed, that day passed, that day passed, the next day passed, I said, oh well. Guess it just didn't work out. Finally, maybe about a week later or so, a little longer, I get a call. And I said, you know, I asked, you know, and they said, "What? Well, they want you to come back to the place uh, you know, and to do what you were doing. I said, oh, okay, okay. They told me where we was, and I went there, and I got there. And the boss was saying, "Say, man, give me your number and stuff, because we've been looking for you. We, we've been trying to find. We like how you work. We like what you do. So we want to keep you with us. So the thing about us being responsible and things of that nature, even when stuff play out, there's some of us are on jobs right now that that the, the, the position played out or the work played out, and because we work the way we work with responsibility, they created something for us. They made a reason to keep us because they realized that we were adult in what we did. We were responsible in what we did. We were mature in what we did and all that stuff. So they will make a way to keep you if you won't be childish. God wants to release some things in our lives, but the only reason he can't release it to us, although we be Lord of all, is because we still be childish. Not operating right, not maturing right, not, you know, every time I get into trouble, you know, I'm saying, God, God, uh," you know, it's, it's a panic, it's a panic, it's a panic, it's a panic. And God is trying to grow us through some of this stuff so we can realize and know that it ain't a panic. You can weather this, hang on in this, move with this, because I'm working something in your life in the midst of all of this. Remember the first time uh, uh, the situation happened to me when we were in Texas uh, and and I was uh, dealing with uh, uh, just some some things that were going on and, 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 and I don't know where it came. I got sick and out of that sickness, it's almost like panic set in my life, anxiety and stuff like that, and I was uneasy everywhere. I was uneasy every, in the house, I was uneasy. In my mind, I'm saying to myself, I can't stay in this house, I'm gonna sleep in the backyard. That's what I was saying in my head. I, I, I was uneasy around, the only place where I found some comfort is when I was in control of a situation. If I was driving the car, I'm good, cause I got the wheel. But if somebody else was driving, I'm panicking over here like, uh, can we stop? Can I get out? So I, was, I, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't, and, and, and this one went on for weeks and weeks, and I'm wondering, what in the world is going on with me? I done, I done, I done, I, listen, I done went through the whole gamut of stuff. I done repented. You know? I, done, I done declared the word. I done done this and that. But it's still still—it's not, not happening. I'm still, you know, when I get in the bed, I'm trying to go to sleep, but I'm, I'm hearing everything. I'm hearing the refrigerator, and it's keeping me up. I'm hearing, you know, somebody' motor starting in, outside, and it's keeping me up. And I'm like, "What is going on?" In my mind, I could see myself in a psych ward with the thing around me that, that and me bamming my head on the wall. I could see it. I could see it. I said, "God, Lord, you got to show me. I don't know what's happening." And I'm not sure how it happened, but God kind of got me to the space and place where I, I realized that I needed to rest. And, and, and I remember, I didn't take no sleeping pill, but they got them sleep aids. I remember going to the, to the store and getting one of them sleepies or whatever, and I took it one night, and then I started panicking. Oh, I ain't gonna be able to wake up. <laughs> I'm tripping. <laughs> I took this thing, it's gonna put me to sleep, I ain't gonna wake up. I'm panicking. I'm, I'm, I'm scared to close my eyes. But God got me through it, and I, I kind of slept, and then woke up the next morning, and he began to say, rest in me. Rest in me. Don't let this bother you. Rest in me. Rest in me. Don't let this get you. Rest in me. I got you. I got you. And as I began to rest and allow myself to rest, I, it started lifting. And, and before I knew it, I was out of it. And I thought I was good and everything, and we, went and we moved back here. I'm good. I don't even know what happened here, but I woke up one day, and it was, no, no, I know what happened. Something happened, uh, uh, happened and I woke up one night, and my nose was bleeding. I ain't, I ain't never had no nose, but it was, I mean, pouring blood. Pouring blood. Pouring blood. And I got Karen up in the middle of the night. Uh, I don't know what. She took me to the hospital. And, uh, and, and they were trying to say, well, let's, let's, we can give you this and just hold this. Hold it right here. And it'll, you know, we'll see if it stops. If it doesn't, we got to do something else. So that didn't stop it. So then they got to get this like balloon thing and put it up in my nose and, and pump it up. So it, and, and it stopped the bleeding. But it was so uncomfortable. And I'm like, Lord, and they said, well, you gotta keep this for like three days and come back, I I said, three days? I already told myself I can't sleep because <laughs> this thing is bothering me. I only got one nostril. If that closed, oh Jesus, <laughs> this thing is blocking the other one, so I'm panicking again, panicking. And I get home, and, and this was like on a, on a Wednesday, and he, the guy said, well, you can come back Saturday or, or maybe Friday. Listen, Friday didn't get here fast enough. We got back Friday. I went back to the hospital and they took it out and, and no blood and no stuff like that. I went home and said, I'm going to sleep real good tonight. And I think I slept part of the night and I woke up in a panic again. Wondering, what is going on? Panicking, panicking. Wondering, what, what brought this on again? Where is this coming from? Where is this coming from? And, 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 and just going from day to day. Listen, I was at church every Sunday. I preached on Sunday. I felt good while I was preaching, but when we got out here and y'all left and I had to go back home, boom, it set on me again. So I'm getting up and, and early, early every morning, getting to putting my stuff on. And I, got, I got to go for a walk. I can't, I can't stay in this house. I, can't, I walk around the block and I come back and I get to the house and I see the door and I take off again. It's like, I can't go in there. I can't go in there. Something is wrong. Something is wrong. At nighttime, I'm sitting uh, 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 Trying, you know, wanting to go to sleep and stuff like that. Pastor Karen went to sleep and went to bed, and I can't. I done got up in the middle of the night, got in the car, and I'm driving. And I'm like, Lord, don't, don't let me fall asleep. I'm all north side, all west side, just driving, trying to bring my head in so I could get some rest. I let Pastor Karen know what was going on. So nightly, she started saying, you ready? You want to go for a ride? Yes. <laughs> So I get in the car and she, she drives. I could, I could ride with her and stuff like that. And constantly praying, Lord, what is happening? What is happening? What is going on? How do I get out of this? Just panicking. What has got me so unsettled? And I'm making declarations. This is the last day. This is going to happen to me in Jesus' name. Boom. Tomorrow. This is the last day. This is going to happen to me in Jesus' name. Boom. <laughs> then tomorrow. This is the last day. It wasn't going nowhere. Struggling, 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 struggling. But each time I'm out, I'm I'm praying, I'm I'm saying, God, I'm going to rejoice in you. I'm going to give you glory in the midst of all of this. This ain't going to get me. You know, this ain't going to take me out and stuff like that. I'm going to keep doing what I need to do. And the more I just kept pressing through and kind of pressing into God, little by little, it started lifting again. Lifting again. And before I knew it, I was out of it. I'm praying to God, Lord, I, I, I don't need to make that trip again, do I? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm learning that in the midst of myself, trust God. Don't go crazy because that is a choice that you can make. Oh, yeah. Crazy don't just jump on you. You make the choice to submit to. You make the choice to give in to. But in the midst of your testing, if you stand true and hold on to God, he will come through. But the thing about him bringing me out the second time is that if it comes again, I ain't scared of it. If he brought me out then, if he brought me out then, he'll bring me out again. So I ain't afraid of that thing anymore. I have grown up. Stuff will come. It'll test you. It'll try you. But if you hold on, he'll bring you through. So he, what he's trying to do is to grow me and mature me so he can release some things to me. Release some things to me. The last verse, and we'll close this thing, and I'm sorry for keeping you longer than—see, uh, I should have been here last Sunday. But it was— <laughs> Luke 16 and 11, this last verse says, If if therefore ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? In light of what we've been talking about, what it's saying is that, listen, if you you have not learned how to grow up and handle stuff on this level, how is God going to give you some stuff on another level? if you're still a child and the thing right here, although you may want more and although your father has more to give you and all of that really belongs to you because you belong to him, he cannot release it. Because we're still acting childish. Because we still Move in this area of childlike behavior. And what God is trying to do in us is grow us through what he's allowing. It said about the child in in, in Galatians 4, it said that, that while he's a child, he is being tutored. And the governors are there trying to train him. So when the father sees that he is getting the lesson and he's maturing, then the father has an appointed time where he'll release to him the stuff that he has planned for him. It's not that God changes his mind about the promises that he's made over your life. It's not that God has changed his thoughts about what he wants to do with you and where he wants to take you. But he is, alive, he is looking to see how you are maturing with what you got right now. How you handling your situation right now, how you're developing in these things right now. And if we're still being childish, he says, how can I release to you the true riches? And I'm not talking about riches as in cars and houses and land and money. I'm talking about riches in, in position and prestige where he can take you in the spaces and places that he has planned for you so you can bring his life to levels that don't even know him. But because he's risen you there, they look at you and say, you one of us. And when you come in, you come in with his glory. See, I'm only here by the grace of God. God brought me through, God has taught me this, God is this, and begin to bring the light of Christ into their area so that now they're open to God because somebody on their level came bringing God to them. So I have to allow him to, to, to work with me where I am so that he can work the things that he wants to do. Because he's God and he got plans for my life. I'm close with this, and we'll we, we, we just call it here right there. There was a, 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 a lady when we were living in Texas uh, uh, that she was working, and uh, at work one day, she, I think she got an aneurysm or whatever, and they had to rush to the hospital, and they had to do brain surgery and stuff like that on her and, and, and everything, and we were praying for her, and she, she came through the surgery, but she came back, you know, she was kind of dragging her leg or whatever because of all that went on. And I was looking at her, and we were saying, you know, Lord, you know, we want God to restore her and build her and all of that, that type of stuff and put her back to, you know, what we saw before. And, that's, and, and, and God began to deal with me like, you don't know my plans. He started saying to me, he said, you can go into a room full of people that have the same ailment that she has. You can tell them about the goodness of God and God's power to sustain and to keep you and all of that. And although it's good in their ears, it will not change any of them because you're not like them. But now she can go in and just begin to praise God for another day in his goodness and it will change their lives. He starts saying, there's some things I will let you go through. There's some places, uh, some sicknesses, there's some issues that will happen in your life. And it's not that I've turned my back on you. It's to give you another audience that will now hear you because you like them. And they will hear God and they will hear the message. But if you don't understand it, you'll be fighting me all the way. You will shut down on me. You will not allow God to work in you that way because you don't see this like I see it. But when you can handle these situations and not be moved by it, then I can extend to you. I can release to you the true riches. Because of what I've worked in your life, because of the maturity level that has taken place in you. God is working on all of us. Paul says, that best I have learned (laughs) that in whatever state I am, there were to be content. Content ain't with your arms crossed, saying that I'm waiting on God to move it. That ain't content. Content is saying that I'm going to be right here and I'm going to bless God in the middle of all of this and I'm going to serve God in the middle of all this. If he changes, fine. If he don't change it, fine. It's all right with me. Maturity, that's growth, that's development. And I don't, about, I don't know about you, but I want to grow up. I want to grow up. I know you're facing some stuff. I know some difficulties are happening in your life. I know you're going through some challenges. I know things ain't the way you wanted them to be, and, and based on the promises that you received from God, this ain't, this ain't the right picture that I'm looking at right now. But don't be moved by what you see. Yes, yes. Trust God and make the adjustments that you need to make in this thing. Because these are things that are there to tutor you and to grow you. So that at the appointed time, the father will look at you and say, yep, I can get that to him now. I can release that to her now. I can let them enter into this space and place because they are at a level that they can handle it. I want to grow. And I make this declaration over my life. I'm about to grow up. I'm about to grow up. I'm about to grow up. I'm going to stop letting this bother me. I'm about to grow up. I'm going to stop letting this hinder me. I'm about to grow up. And that's going to be it. He'll release to me. Because he sees my faithfulness over that that not only benefits me, but benefits the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Father, we just bless you, and we thank you. We give you glory. We give you honor and praise for what you're making happen in our lives. We thank you, O oh God, that in you <clears throat> there are all types of possibilities. You can take our lives and do great, mighty, and marvelous and wondrous things. And some of our dreams and aspirations are for, for some of those same things that you want to do in our lives. But we're coming to realize and know God that just as we are right now, we may not be ready to handle something like that. So grow us. Grow us. Grow us. Grow us. Grow us. So when you move us into, so when you can release it to us, God, we'll be ready to handle it and handle it properly. We need you every step of the way. And we ask you, oh God, to help us, Lord, in the areas where we have been childish, for we have spoken as a child, What we have understood as a child, for we have thought as a child. Help us, O oh God, to put away childish things so that we can be in you what you desire, so you can do in us what your will and purpose is. Today, Lord, work in us that that brings you glory so that we can perform, so that we can occupy, so that we, O oh God, can manifest that that you have spoken over our lives. This is our prayer, this is our request, in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. We praise God and we thank God that He is working toward a plan. His plan is to grow us so He can release to us the true riches, the true riches, the true riches. Receive the Word of God today and be enriched and blessed. Those of you in Facebook land, if you have not received Jesus as your Savior, He wants to save you because he got plans. He got plans. He will grow you. He will develop you, and he will take you into that space and place where you can manifest his plan for you. Jesus is the way to get there. Jesus is the connection to God. You need him to connect to the Father. If you have not received Jesus as your Savior, then do this simple thing. If that's your desire, say, Lord Jesus, I open up myself to you. I open up my heart, and I ask you to come in. Forgive my sin, cleanse my past, and help me to walk in a way that pleases you. I submit myself to you. You are now my Lord and my Savior. From this day forward, lead me in the path that brings glory to your name. I thank you for the spirit that now fills my life And I will live the rest of my days to bring you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It's a done deal. It's a done deal. And like I say every time, that right there just got you in the door. Just like going to school, that got you in the door. Now, the next step, go to class. Go to class. Find your church if you don't belong to a church or if you straight get back in church. So you can be taught the things of God and you can grow and develop and be what he made you to be. God bless you in Facebook land. We'll see you on the next time. Have a great day.